So we recently spoke about peripherals, kind of defined them, talked about some of like the consequences and, and also uh, how what goes into making a peripheral, um, as well as like just kind of peripherals that like stuck out to us, right? But let's get deeper into our personal history with peripherals, right? Can you give like a one sentence definition of peripheral for anybody who hasn't uh, heard that other episode? Yes. So a peripheral in one sentence is a human interface device meant to help enhance and or simulate the gameplay experience being presented to the player through the software, right? And it typically requires input and maybe we'll have some sort of two-way interaction, aka like Guitar Hero controller, you press the colored button, on screen, the color button appears highlighted. If you were to strum, it would then tell you whether you strummed on time or not. Does that sound like a good one sentence? Do you think that's good enough to give them before they go listen to the full episode? Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's good. You know, to rehash, I guess. Uh, we talked about, like, Guitar Hero, guitars, and rock band instruments as well, and Donkey Konga, uh, bongos, and DDR mats, right? So all of these are kind of like auxiliary uh, attachments, right. essentially. Um so, Lois, what what are some of your uh, favorites that we haven't already touched on? Or, like, do you have any, like, fun stories or anything? This is, like, the Memory Lane peripheral episode, so let me hear it. Yeah, Memory Lane, let's go. So, during my N64 era of gaming, I did not have any peripherals. Uh, I think when it got around gamecube to ps2 era is when i started to get peripherals like i wasn't somebody who was getting like racing wheels i was very much just like here's the console here's the controller okay sweet let's get cartridges that make me do fun things through the controller and i think actually one of the earliest peripherals that i had that i least can remember is the donkey conga bongos i was very into you know, music rhythm games, I'm very into in general. Like, I just, I love it. I enjoy listening to music. I enjoy playing the music in a way that I can actually play it. And Donkey Kong, big gorilla man, just like <laughs> rocking out on bongos was so funny to me. And I was like, yo, I, I, I want to do that. And I like got it. I got the bongos. I played so much of it and for so long. And like, literally, I would play it so much. Like, you would have to clap, right, at times. Like, you had left bongo, right bongo, and then clap. Uh, there was a microphone in the middle that would hear your clapping. My hands would start to hurt from, like, just playing so much and having to do the clap. And they would do these extended periods where, like, you should clap a whole bunch to get a lot of points. The funny life hack around that is that you just grab the bongos and continuously talk or shout into the microphone and it's just going to it's just going to register it as a clap in the game like it's just taking sound data it's not actually looking for a specific sound um beyond that you know just to try and give like a very quick history of of me with peripherals like donkey donkey conga drums uh we had the first guitar hero like i went to best buy i was hoping to buy one game then guitar hero caught my eye and i was ensnared by it fucking entranced whatever word you want to use enchanted like that had me under its spell for a very long time and pretty much from that point i think it was like more guitar hero guitars a ddr mat here and there with like a mad cats foamy mat and like a more nylon plastic base like ddr mario mix mat that was like blue and white and you know whatever 
and then moving on from there, you know, we had the the rock band kits, right? Um, there was also one time, actually, I have Time Crisis 2 on the PlayStation 2, and that came with two gun cons, as they called them, two, like, thick boy light gun controllers that had, like, the D-pad integrated into it and stuff like that, so you could still use the PS2 menus, and that was super fun to use. Um, gosh, I feel like, I feel like there's more, but, like, I don't want to take up too much of the show just yet. What, what have been some of your peripherals? I don't know if we're going to count all of these things, but I'll just throw some stuff out there. Um, there was like that thing that plugged into the N64 that like allowed you to put in a Game Boy game, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think you could like do Pokemon Stadium. Like you could get Pokemon Red into like Pokemon right, Stadium. Right, yeah, yeah. Importing your Pokemon, yes, from the Game Boy games so that you could fight them in Stadium. Gosh, that that to me feels like such an Amiibo idea nowadays. It is. It really is more like an Amiibo. It's, it's kind of like that device thing. It's like kind of relaying information more than it is accepting input. Um, so we'll drop that. You know, that's kind of like... I'm just noticing uh, like a sort of through line through history there, yes, right? Like Nintendo, data being yeah. read into the game and then like, Definitely. you know, decades later, oh, now it's an action figure. It's not just this big thing you slip cartridges into. Exactly. Yes, I, I completely agree. Um I mentioned Hey You Pikachu in the last one, which is really fun because I hadn't been thinking of Hey You Pikachu, uh, you know, that microphone as a peripheral, nor just like I like have I been thinking about that game in general, right? Like when was the last time you had a conversation about Hey You Pikachu? Um, <laughs> but it was really cool. I remember being like super excited about that game where it'd be like, Pikachu, please pick up the apple. I will do anything if you just run over by that tree and please pick up the apple. You know, like I was probably uh, using actual sentences like that rather than understanding that like I probably just should have said like apple. Yeah. You know? And like the very basic <laughs> command. So like, like, you know, Pikachu, I, I, I don't know if this is like if he notoriously never followed commands, but he never followed mine, you know, and that was always really frustrating. But it was a cool device, and it was cool that, like, you know, even though it wasn't, um, let's say, sophisticated, right? Or, I mean, it was, it may have been for the time, and it felt like something that was really appealing. Uh, but, yo, iToy for, for the PS2, that really, that just sang to me. I, again, not sure if we're going to call that a peripheral, it kind of, this is kind of like the connect idea of like, your body is the controller, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe that'd be more appropriate for like an augmented reality conversation. Um, but I feel like I would call it a peripheral. I mean, at least for now, we can call it a peripheral. Like, you know, technical stuff aside, like it's there, it's taking in the input of us moving around and it's like putting it onto the screen and all that stuff to different degrees. So was the iToy your like, favorite one well i remember being really impressed with connect uh yeah you know the the technology was better i i feel like it was like advertised better um you know just to to they both are you know looking at this like essentially like this video of you right yep. and like rendering that back on the screen one of the ways in which they were different right the iToy uh you know they would both have similar types of games. Let's 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 start with what's similar, right? So the iToy would have something where you like have to keep a ball up in the air, right? And you're like having to touch the the area under it. It has some kind of like hitbox that you have to, you know, tap in order to keep it, you know, to register that the ball is as has been hit, right? Connect also had that kind of like tactile you know, can you think of a specific example from like Connect Adventures, let's say, where like, you know, that's like doing something similar to the iToy in that sense? Uh, yeah, I think when I think of Connect and iToy as similar entities, I tend to think of the Dodgeball Alley game from 
I think it was Connect Adventures, where, you know, it was breakout, but you were moving your body around to make sure the dodgeballs didn't pass your body as it came back to you. I compare that to the... I think it's like the the bug swatting mini game or whatever the eye toy had you like wax on wax off yes, to yes, clear yes. the screen. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's this sort of like spectrum of games where it's like flail your body a uh, spectrum of games where it's like match a pose or like do a specific action. Right. And, you know, just to kind of cover that on the connect side with adventures, the moving your body a specific way i think it's kind of like the the rafting game right where you had to do like the, the skiing motion yeah, yeah. and then the jumping or the ducking um as opposed to the flail your body which is the dodgeballs and i'm sure there's one other you know adventure in there that i'm kind of forgetting yeah but one of, so one of the ways that the connect and the and the itoy were different is that uh the connect had a like kind of like an like a me like or like an avatar that matched you you know you would create this avatar it would and when you would move to the right the avatar would move to the right with the itoy right. you were just like actually looking at yourself right which which is kind of odd uh looking back uh, it's like oh like i'm on the screen you know right like, and it, it wasn't and, just like you just you getting inserted into the game it still kind of like was showing you your your living room yeah your right, living room yeah. background people would walk in and you, suddenly now your mom is part of the game right like <laughs> dude exactly that's what i was gonna say that's the the biggest difference is that the eye toy was like inherently a solo activity despite the fact that it felt like it was like a good for a party scene like it's the kind of toy that you'd want to show off to other people and be like look how fun this is this is so cool we're eight years old um but the where the connect it was an inherently uh social experience because you could play with other people they just weren't in your physical environment right so i you could play at your house and i could play at my house and nobody's messing up the other person's camera and we can see our little avatars and how how you know like so we look like we're playing together um you know, like on the screen, but there was no like, uh, I mean, I guess this is speaking to like multiplayer, like the development of multiplayer, online multiplayer in general, right? Um, and, and the fact that that was possible for, you know, kind of like the first time, but there was something about that it was like, it really changed the game, right? Like you, like iToy was kind of this, it's like a white elephant in a way, you know, it's like, I love this game, but it would be, I would love, I would love it even more if I could show it to people. But if I, if other people come, then the game gets messed up and it's like, it's going to cut in and out. Like I'm going to accidentally, you know, like something's going to be, there's going to, it's going to recognize some kind of input that I didn't intend. And that's really frustrating. And it kind of like ruins the game as you're trying to like show, share it with people. Um, And the connect just completely circumvents that problem. Right. Absolutely. And I believe that is because there was like a technological leap in that these devices were no longer using an an individual camera or even a 2D camera. The Kinect has, uh, I believe, two to three cameras in it. And that is what allows it to get the depth of field that is required to, you know, distinguish, oh, this is the person I should be tracking versus this is a dog in the background or this is the couch. And that's oftentimes when we had to orient the connect. Remember, you had those cards yeah. that came in all the things with the little smiley face <laughs> card on it. Like we would see what I believe is to be the normals 
like when you see the screen in sort of this green greenish blue manner like you that would basically be like the depth of view uh and like certain things would like shade based on like how far away they were from the camera and that's kind of how the game understood okay yes there's a room of four people but i'm only tracking ryan right now oh so you're saying that the connect even like even in person it would be able to like target the specific person who was supposed to be the controller to some extent yeah like there were definitely times where like my sister or you know dad other family members could like walk in (laughs) at around the same depth as me and then the game would get kind of confused as to like which skeleton it should be tracking but yeah Yeah, it definitely it it was like looking for the person who was standing or whatever it needed to be and then it like planted a skeleton on there and you know that's why occasionally uh, we see the connect nowadays on like ghost hunting shows because, oh, it's tracking the depth and the ghost is too deep to the camera. It's being tracked. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like, it's just a uh, finer tracking technology, which like, you know, we have even, uh, even better now with whatever the current PlayStation cam- PS5 camera or whatever it is. Can I tell you something like totally off topic, but like it's still related to peripherals, so maybe totally, not yeah. totally off topic. I don't know if we've shared this, but uh, there's this like video of this guy who uh, like got in much better shape because he modded Breath of the Wild to like receive in- ring-, ring fit input. So oh, wow. you know, let's say something like every every time he crouched, like Link would crouch, or every time he jumped, you know, I I don't actually remember what the actual inputs were, but um. You know, I mean, he beat, I think he beat Breath of the Wild, you know, playing it with ring foot settings. Um, that is so cool, dude. Like, what? I, can you imagine how hard that game would be? I am, I'm watching some clips of it now and just seeing him do the actual jogging while going through like Hyrule Field and just like realizing the size of the map. Yeah, dude. <laughs> no wonder you're losing like 40 pounds playing this game. It's like fucking hook this up to Skyrim and like have yourself a jog. I also really like that this guy put a trampoline under himself <laughs> for it so he doesn't like blow his knees out <laughs> trying to beat this game. That's awesome. And I think that's like a great point towards like the weirdness and or intrigue factor of like peripherals being repurposed i think on another episode we referenced you know dark souls being beaten with a guitar hero controller i'm sure dark souls was beaten with a ddr pad it's basically a meme to beat dark souls with everything that isn't an actual proper controller but part of that is this cool craftsmanship and intuition of like folks that are reprogramming the controllers or like making software to translate these inputs from a controller that doesn't even have enough buttons to let you do all of these and then saying well i'm gonna make it work anyway and like find those cool ways you get that to happen that shit does seem kind of like a nightmare though for for my ass having to run all the way across hyrule and or doing exercises to beat the guardians yeah, I just wouldn't beat the game. I mean, like, <laughs> come on. Who, who's really going to spend that much time? I mean, but it is, it's great, like, to integrate a workout into something you already, like, want to be doing. You know, that kind of bonding, of, like, bonding those different experiences. It's very savvy. You know, it's like, it's like there's that, like, uh, I think it's Dimitri Martin has that, like, bit about how he tried to, like, calculate his life and, like, gamify his life, basically. Do you know that bit? No, I don't. 
Oh, dude, it's so funny. I wish we wish could, we could find it. I'll look into it and I'll post it in the um, in the description if I can find it. But it's just so funny to think about, like, like let's say, like, I'm depressed or, like, you know, like, I'm unproductive. Like, let me gamify my life. And then it's like, you know, if I can, like, hack it or, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, like doing something ironically. Like, I'm going to ironically wash my face every night until I start actually washing my face every night and it becomes, like, a normal routine kind of right. thing. Like, it's like these, like, self-care activities, like, you know, uh, tricking yourself into doing them. That's kind of what these, like, the, the these repurposing of, like, old peripherals for, like, reminds me of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It definitely seems like, a, oh, this controller is so goofy and nobody uses it, right? Well, I'm going to use it. And then it kind of, like, becomes its own popular thing. If you had to pick a peripheral and be like, yeah, I'm going to be trapped in a room for the next month with this thing and I can only play it, like, which which peripheral would you pick? And maybe you can add on, like, what game for that peripheral would you pick? Man, I think I'd have to go for, like, Tar Hero 2 or 3, honestly. I, like, I hate to be, like, that basic, but, like, <laughs> this, this is who I am. So Guitar Hero ex- over Rock me. Band? I'm imagining myself at this point in my life and like rock pen is great for like a crowd, you know, like for like, if I'm going to have a bunch of friends over, but at this point, if it's just like, I'm going to, I feel like I could see myself like, you know, if I had access to no other games and it was like, let me just spend a month of my life reliving what it was like to, to play guitar hero, you know? Um, yeah, man, I think I would just play that like solo, just, you know, chill out you know probably i i mostly played that game on medium you know i could not move my pinky over to the orange button i think it was orange uh and i'm like now as an adult with like more confidence than i had at that point in my life i would love to try to give that a go on hard mode and just like see what it's like but i feel like they're pretty hard to find nowadays or like expensive you know i'm not basing that on any fact or like personal experience because (laughs) i'm not out here like researching guitar hero guitars they just kind of feel irrelevant nowadays you know i mean you'll hear about and they're fine now and then nobody is making more of them as far as we know right the newest version of the guitar hero controller is completely different at least, you know, button structure wise, it's different from the classics, which I mean, I guess now we got to call it the classic Guitar Hero controller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me personally, it would be DJ Hero. I would I would trap myself in a room and fucking fu- man, I trap myself in a room like uh, just like soundproof foaming all over the walls, put big fucking speakers that are like tall enough to like reach up to my ribs and just blast that shit dj hero one and two because like i i never actually got to and there were some slamming songs on there that i really wanted to play but like yeah man uh man i could keep i could uh, i could play that mashup of like what is it i think it's like pajanu and shout and then also heard it through the grapevine with feel good ink like fuck those are just such bangers man also like the experience of like you know we would jokingly be like like in high school and shit but then actually like simulating the the scratching on the disc and the fact that like you could you could let it spin all the way around like if you were like if if you wanted to stunt on someone or you're just watching like someone with like a million views on youtube they're like just throwing that disc in a full circle and then catching it right at the right moment it's like oh it's good man it, it like for me the th- that sort of like I don't know what to call it, but like there's 
there's movement to it. There's like momentum and, and, and flow in a way that I don't feel when I'm playing with a guitar hero guitar, but I do there. That's not to say that I don't get into a flow state when I'm like really into guitar hero. It's I'm talking more about like the kinetics of it. There's more gross motor movement with DJ hero because you're doing that like turntable slide type of thing. And there was the, and there was the mixer slider. Like you had to jump from track a to track B by flipping it left and right. Oh, uh, yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it gave you that kind of agency to, like, be able to, right? Like, if you could do, like, do, like, a freestyle mode where you were able to, like, change it when you wanted to. Like, Guitar Hero, you're just playing the song. And if you don't do, if you don't succeed, then you will not hear the song as, as clearly. Or, you know, if you're doing well, then you'll hear hear the song, uh, like, the studio album of it, basically. Um, but, yeah, for, like, DJ Hero to give you that element of control, like, along with the tactility was really cool. Right. Um and it still had, you know, it still had the binary, like, yo, you must be on this track. You must hit this button. I'm sure there were, like, some freestyle parts where you just, like, freely had control of the tracks and stuff. And maybe they also integrated that a little bit better into DJ Hero 2. But, uh, but yeah, nobody was making any mashups of their own variety with, uh, with those games as far as I know. What is a bad peripheral that you've used? What's a peripheral that you were just like, oh, this isn't simulating the experience or like, this is just actively annoying me. The stupidest peripheral is the Mario Kart uh, wheel, like the steering wheel that you like plug your controller into. And then, you oh, know, like the like, Wii Mario Kart. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think they have one for the Switch, though, too, don't they? Isn't that a similar thing where it's like motion? Oh, they like probably do. Detects the motion. I've been out of Mario Kart for a while. <laughs> Who needs that? Who needs a fake steering wheel? Like it's clunky. It's big. It's like it's round. It's like not even convenient. To, like it's not gonna be like I can't stand it up and make it thinner. You know, it's just this steering wheel that I can play for one game. It just feels like such a waste. I also just hate on Mario Kart in general. So, like, <laughs> like honestly, send me that. Like, email me the hate. Like, oh let's go. Goodness. Yeah, send so all I, send all your angry Mario Kart love to at Deep D Pad on Twitter and let Ryan know how much you love Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, don't blame Carl's for this either. I take full responsibility for for the hate mail. Okay. Anyway, um, what what about you, Los? You you got a uh, oh you got a absolutely dreaded or hated i just wanted to bring up something to kind of uh yes and or just point out a key difference right with the mario kart wheels versus traditional like driving wheels that you would buy for you know whatever console like those usually came with a stand right uh as you get into more pricey models like at, at the very base level right there was like a base to it, a little connector, and then like the wheel. And it's like, okay, and now I got my my triggers on the back of the wheel so I can accelerate, right? If I don't have enough money to buy the pedals. And then you'd have like a more expensive version of that that was able to somehow like snap onto the edge of your desk and you could like tighten it onto the desk in case you were like really sweaty about your racing games. And that right there is the comfort factor that you were missing from the Wii racing wheel. Like specifically, you know, I have to hold this wheel up the entire freaking time. Are you kidding me? I'm just trying to play a fun game for kids. And, you know, your arms are getting tired throughout the experience. My bad peripheral would be kind of a toss up, I guess, between this like Mad Cat's dance pad I had. Like it worked. But it never really stood fully flat, and 
it didn't really feel good to press the buttons. Like there's like a satisfying nature in DDR to like stomping on that metal pad. And in the DDR Mario mix, the mat was kind of soft enough or slidey enough that like it felt premium. It may have been made of like lesser materials, but at least like the glossy finish that you're stepping on, like it felt good. It, it was able to stay flat and stuff like that. So this like this mad cats, Tyco, whatever company, dance pad i would consider a bad peripheral because it couldn't actually follow the form it wanted because once you like folded it it sort of held that fold the other bad peripheral that i have personally come in contact with i kind of think might be the guitar hero quote-unquote guitar controller for the ds like they made Guitar Hero this games. This was a thing. Was it like a little handheld guitar? <laughs> <laughs> like Mr. Krabs playing the world's smallest violin. Like yes and no. It wasn't a full guitar controller, right? They uh basically they made the fretboard as part of the cartridge. So like you slap the car- like the yeah why yeah so the cartridge that you slid into the bottom of the DS right it had like it had a, a strap for you to put around your hand so that the DS would stay strapped to your hand and then the frets like uh, all five buttons were along the very bottom of the DS console and I I think it was like yeah the the notes would come in from the top of the screen down to the bottom of the second screen. And I think you used a stylus to strum, but you know, you're stylusing the strum and you have this small ass console in your hand and you're like pressing the rainbow buttons on the bottom of the console. I, 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 I genuinely don't know why I bought that fucking game. Like <laughs> yo, t- time to shred, yo, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be musical on the go. Yeah, exactly. I think I was just like, so caught up with like, whoa, like, I've never seen a guitar thingy on the on the DS. Like, maybe this is good. And, like, it wasn't good. I did not play it very much. That actual guitar neck controller, like, felt uh, great. Were there any peripherals that you wish you had or at least had tried out but just never got a chance to? Uh, just the out of all the ones we mentioned in this episode, Donkey Konga, just, like, I have, like, this shame for not having tried that game. I feel like I would have so much fun with that. If anybody wants to send me a set of bongos that they just got laying around, I I prefer them in good condition, recently dusted, perhaps. (laughs) If you have bongos and or Donkey Konga that you want to send to the show, tweet at us, at Deep Deep Hat. (laughs) Stop with these plugs, yo. (laughs) Take a breath, man. You got one? Plug machine. um, you know, one that you, you wish you tried? Probably some arcade thing, I bet. that I know I wish I had played DJ Hero 2, but that didn't necessarily have a whole new peripheral associated with it. Oh, one controller that is very famous that I saw in real life and wish that I had actually gotten a chance to play was the chainsaw controller for Resident Evil 4. It's a, it's a GameCube controller in the shape of a chainsaw because, like, that was their big iconic you know first hour of gameplay enemy and like it it 
it just looks very weird. Like the button layout seems like it would be atrocious to play on, but it was like, Hey, this is resident evil. Like it's a chainsaw. Isn't that wild? Like it wasn't like a chainsaw that you picked up and actually like held or used as a chainsaw. It was just, Oh, this is the shape of a chainsaw and it has a joystick and like all the GameCube buttons on it. Oh no. Yeah. That is so wack. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like you were a lumberjack like type game. (laughs) I wish I had gotten a chance to play with that controller to see just how bad or okay it was. I do not anticipate that that controller was actually good to play games with. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it doesn't have like the motion sensor where it can detect when you're picking it up, you know, is that just seems like it's kind of a waste of a, of an idea also a little disturbing you know to have like you know, this like little kid's bedroom is like there's this like good like chainsaw looking thing it's well like, technically a little kid shouldn't be owning resident evil 4 it's rated okay. m but you know that's, we all know fair. kids get their hands on things like <laughs> Yo, we need to have a, an episode on ratings like my mom was not checking the box she's like oh i have to go to the eb games with you are you serious like, this is inconvenient, <laughs> you know <laughs> i already don't want to be bothered with these games can you just get whatever the fuck you can get <laughs> like i i mean dude man you want we definitely got to talk about ratings at some point because yeah i i had conquer's bad fur day bought for me like when i was fucking less than 10 years old like <laughs> yeah, there's a whole black market of like <laughs> kids buying other kids games because certain kids parents don't let them and oh it's my like god three yeah times the value of the game you're like hanging it's like hanging out uh that cliche scene where a bunch of teens are hanging out in front of a gas station and it's like sir we're trying to party can you help us out <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like i've exhausted my experience with peripherals do you have any like last thoughts or like ones that that we have to shout out that you know we wouldn't be doing the topic justice without bringing up or anything it may not necessarily be fully a peripheral maybe it's more of a device or like a mod but i'm noticing every now and then people making peripherals quote unquote for vr like if we want to play walkabout mini golf on our oculus quest and it's like not realistic enough for us to like be holding our one quest controller down and hit the thing right like people have schematics and also like etsy pages whatever for plastic oculus controller holders that are in the shape of like golf clubs and you know tested to be used for walkabout uh that's also the case for shooting games and that kind of reminds me of i guess the mario kart wheel but now think of uh, i think it was called the zapper yeah like it was like you know the evolution of the duck hunt controller but for the wiimote right uh, they had like the handgun version of it that you slid the wiimote into the top and then it was like okay you have a light gun now and then they had the like rifle version which like had two hands on it and whatever and that ended up showing up again later on on like ps4 with farpoint but i just think it's kind of interesting uh to see these i, I again i don't know if we want to call them peripherals or what but to see these like add-on devices for our virtual reality trying to simulate the experience more than you already being in the location and like you know doing all that stuff like virtual that virtual reality <laughs>